Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Astros Baseball. I am back and ready to talk about this Yankee series. But first, let's bring on Tom, who filled in nicely for me while I was on vacation. Tom, what's up, buddy? Good evening, sir. How was the trip? I got to know. All right. Let me give it to you. So we went went to Rhode Island, and we went to Providence, and then the next day we went to Newport. And this is the Newport thing wasn't really planned. It was just people over there saying, hey, you, you should take the trolley to Newport. And so I'll tell you this. I'm not a big iced coffee drinker. As a matter of fact, I never drink iced coffee. But they have something over there called coffee milk. And I watched a video and it's like this is the, this is like the official drink of Rhode Island. So I had to have it. I mean, you've got to do that, right? And uh, it was pretty awesome. It was like chocolate milk, but it tasted like coffee. So it was really good. And then the guy at the hotel sent us to a local place called Iggy's, and they had doughboys and clam cakes. And the doughboys like a, I don't know, like a donut. And then you get clam chowder and get the little clam cakes, but they look like hush puppies. If you see a picture of it, you would think it's a hush puppy and you dip it in there. And then uh, we ate some lobster, lobster roll. We went to a part of town that was called. Uh, federal hill but it's also known as little italy and it just had a ton of restaurants ton of italian restaurants and the one we went to was really really good and here's the thing a long time ago i went to boston and not everybody had accents but everyone there had it i've never been somewhere where everybody had it the waitresses anyone you ask directions the people at the hotel everyone that lives there has an accent overall Awesome vacation. Glad to hear it, sir. Glad to hear it. All right. So let's get into this. I I do have something to say if you want to hear this, because I thought about it right now while I was waiting for you. You know, you said that grinds my gears. I'm going to tell you something that grinds my gear. (laughs) So flying in today, there was a lady sitting next to us or kind of next to us and in front of us a little. And she was with three little boys. And they all had iPads and none of them had headphones and the one in front of me was playing uh sonic the hedgehog and so my ears are popping and i'm like what is this noise and i didn't know what it was but now it makes sense it was sonic the hedgehog it was the you know when he hits the coins and i it it grinds my gears it was the lady behind me was even madder than me it's like control your kids lady 
because they were screaming, they were yelling. It was just the, the whole trip was about them. Those kids need some discipline. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but that, that, that really bothers me. We're eating somewhere and some guy's watching a video on his phone with no head. Wear headphones. That drives me so crazy. You're not the only person alive. There's other people around you. Man, that's tough. Sounds like poor planning on their part. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's get to it. Let's oh, do it. oh, 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 oh. All right. So let's, I wanted to ask you this before we started. So the last series was against the A's, right? And, yes. and we lose that series. Be honest. Were you worried at all about the Yankees? I was thinking I, I'd be happy with us with the split. I went in thinking the exact same thing. Give me the split. We take the season series. Everything is everything. That, that was my expectation going in. I felt like either CJ or Luis was going to, one of them was going to pitch well and we get a split. So we were at a restaurant and we were watching the all-star game. And how cool was that, buddy? Framber Valdez, winning pitcher of the All-Star game. Very cool. I, I think that was a smart move by Dusty to, like, position him properly to give him the opportunity because, I mean, it really, that's what it boils down to. And, uh, yeah, it was good good stuff. Jordan Alvarez is back, and he came back uh, with the vengeance today. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was a little surprised at how it all played out, but really happy with the results. All right, I heard something about Jason Castro, and it almost sounds like, you know, because they put him on the 10-day IL, but it almost sounds like they don't want him to come back. Is that how how it feels to you? That's the feeling I have, that they just want to run with Corey Lee and just keep this guy on the injured list. Some people say they're trying to get him to retire. What's going on with Jason Castro? I don't know. I watched a little bit of Click's uh, interview that was discussed about Castro, and he was really, really selective with his words. He was talking about thinking about ways to get him back in shape and stuff like that. So I think they want Castro to be like a security blanket. You know what I mean? Like they want Corey Lee to go until he can't go anymore. And then if they need him, they'll bring Castro back. That's just my opinion. Uh, I mean, the retirement angle sounds good too, because Corey's been playing great. Yeah. All right. So let's get to, to game one. And uh, I have to be honest. I even asked you if the uh, if the games were seven innings or nine innings, and now it kind of makes sense that they, uh, you know, you had to buy tickets to both games. You had, everybody had to leave. You had to leave your parking spot and all that. And uh, I thought that was kind of weird, but you know, it wasn't a makeup game. I guess. I mean, it was in a way, but not really. It wasn't like a rainout doubleheader. So I guess that's why it was nine innings because they're still doing the seven inning doubleheaders for. Makeup games? I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't know how it worked either. I thought that was part of the 60-game season where they did that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either because we haven't done it yet. And uh, sorry sorry that we don't know that, folks. But anyway, game one, Christian Javier. Oh, let me tell you this. I put a poll out for who will be the player of the series, and they've already gotten a lot of votes. I mean, it's only a 30-minute window between when I put it out and when we vote, so let's see how we agree with the uh, fans on Twitter. But anyway, bottom of the first, Alex Bregman, RBI single, brought in Altuve. Bottom of the second, RBI double, Corey Lee. He brought in Dubon. Astro was up early, two to zero. Top of the fifth, LeMayhew, solo home run, two to one. Top of the ninth, Kiner Falefa. 
RBI single, and we're tied at two. And then J.J. Matichevic has the walk-off RBI single. He pinch hit. Uh, but it was a mess, right, for the for the Yankees? They Why were they in the shift in, in a bases-loaded situation? Is That's not normal, is it? You know, I don't know if anything's normal anymore with the way teams shift so much now. It's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, he's a you know left-handed pull hitter. Uh, we're going to shift. Regardless of the scenario, right? The scenario would probably dictate you probably play traditionally, you know, so you have more coverage. And I guess, you know, they just outthought themselves. Anyway, it worked out in our favor. Yeah, I mean, that guy got the ball at shortstop or in the shortstop area, threw the ball to second base to try to get the runner going to second. There's no one there. And uh, who's that guy? You know that guy from New York that's always yeah. ranting and he was in like the Adam Sandler movie? <laughs> That's John uh, John Turturro's little brother, Nick Turturro. Yeah, that that guy's funny right there. So there was an intentional walk in that inning, and the cool thing about Matichevic doing that, getting that walk off and bringing Bregman in for the win, there was two outs. That was a big spot for JJ. I, I like this kid. I do too. Uh, real quick, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we discussed, you know, the the lead off to that game. I thought it was amazing that. Uh, Altuve and then Pena went back-to-back bunts. You know, it really just kind of like set the tone, you know, kind of caught him off guard, I think, a little bit. And then it allowed Bregman to knock him in. Uh, Yeah, J.J. has had two really good games against the Yankees. He took Cole deep. They got him the lead in that game. They ended up winning. And then this this, uh, game-winning RBI here. So what do you think uh, caused the Astros to decide to bunt? Do you think – you know, I don't – you think it was a – a game plan, or do you think both of those hitters went up there and made that decision themselves? I feel like Altuve does it based on the alignment. He does it like, and I think Pena is starting to read that a little bit, right? So Altuve did it because they were playing way back, and then Pena did it because they were playing way back, and they were just really good bunts, both of them. So a great win for the Astros, three to two walk off. Uh, we had it in hand, but they scored in the top of the ninth. Javier, five innings, two hits, and only one run. Amazing outing for Javier. He did have four walks, though, and gave up a home run. ERA at 3-1-3. The bullpen was good. Maton, Stanek, and Montero, three innings and no runs. And then this is the way they score, the official scoring of baseball. Naris had a blown save. He goes in there and blows the save. The game is tied. He gives up two hits and a run. And because the Astros score in the bottom half of the inning, He's the winning pitcher. That's just crazy. <laughs> Weird how it works out. It helps me on the fantasy side because I have him on my fantasy team, and he went from negative points to positive points because he got the save. Well, there you go. All right, Bregman went two for four. Chaz went two for four. The Astros were only two for nine with runners in scoring position, and they left seven on base. New York had two hits on five, two runs on five hits, and the Astros had Three runs on 10 hits. So overall, a pretty good game one for the Astros. Absolutely. I totally agree. I think it was, uh, you know, I, I felt really good about their ability to, you know, come back after giving up the uh, the lead and then walk it off. I think that, you know, at that point for me, it was like found money, right? They had won the season series. Uh, anything that happened in the second game was just going to be gravy. All right. Before we go to game two, I'm going to give you an update on the players of the series. We got 38 votes for uh, pitcher. Montero is leading the way. And Jordan is running away with it 
for the offensive player. So we'll see how see how you and I vote later. All right, game game two. Garcia, bottom of the first. Alvarez solo home run number twenty seven. He's back one to zero, and then Bregman back to back homers. Home run number twelve, two to zero. Dusty said this. I didn't write it down, but you know how I get the tidbits in the post game. But he said Bregman's back. You can tell he's back, and he goes and Yuli Gurriel's just around the corner. When we get him back, we're going to be firing on all cylinders. Do you? We both agree, right? Bregman is totally back. You can tell by what he did in this series. Absolutely. I tweeted it out earlier. Uh, you can tell he's hitting into all fields. You know, when Bregman's right, you know, there is, there's nothing like, you know, I don't think you can shift for him. You know, he'll, he'll take the pitch wherever it's pitched and he'll pull it if it needs to be pulled or he'll go the other way. Uh, he had a hit up the middle today. I mean, he was spraying the ball over the field. Getting Bregman back to normal almost feels like, like we picked up a free agent, right? It's like we picked up a new guy because we're, we're getting more production in other places. So bottom of the second, Jordan with a two-run double, brought in Maldonado and Pena. We're up four to zero. Bregman RBI single, brought in Jordan, cruising five to zero. And then top of the third, Torres with a two-run homer makes it five to two. Chaz McCormick had a two-run homer to make it seven to two in the bottom of the sixth with some uh, insurance runs. And then top of the ninth, Aaron Judge, three-run homer. To make it seven to five, and there was only one out. How worried were you? I'm not gonna lie. It was definitely not a. Uh, it was definitely not good. I, I think that uh, Dusty like leaned on Belak a little too long. He tried to you know just like limp him through when I, I feel like he had already done so well, right? To pitch like three innings, I think leading up to that point. So he had Montero, who he eventually went to. I would have rather seen him start the inning. He had your boy Seth Martinez that he could have pitched. He had uh, Parker Mashinsky that he could have pitched. And all of that didn't have to be as stressful as it was, but luckily it worked out. That's true. He, w- he was going along pretty well, just kind of ran into some trouble there. But you're right. You know, he, was, he, was, he had already pitched three innings. Might as well use Seth Martinez in that situation. But uh, Montero comes in with uh, one on and one out and uh, ends the game with a double play. So pretty good. The Astros win. They sweep the doubleheader, and they've won five out of seven versus the Yankees this year. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Oh, that's so awesome. So I really love beating the Yankees. Is there any other team you love beating more than the Yankees? Because I love it. Uh, it. It goes in this order for me. It's like Yankees, Dodgers, Rangers. I think that's everybody's order. <laughs> it used to be Rangers, number one, and there was no number two. But that's when the Rangers were good, and we didn't really, you know, the Astros weren't. There wasn't really a rivalry with anybody with the Astros until after 2017. But yeah, it used to be the Rangers, but the Rangers could be 0 and 60, and I would still hate to lose to them. I do not like to lose to them. So anyway, Alvarez went two for three with three RBIs. Alex Bregman, two hits in each game. He had two RBIs, and Chaz one for four with two RBIs. Luis Garcia, five innings, three hits, two runs, and two walks, six strikeouts, and he gave up a home run. So you would think in a doubleheader you'd need your pitchers to go more than five innings, but they both only went five. 
they laid on Belak 3.1 innings, four hits and three runs, and that was only because they gave up that home run to Judge. And then Montero pitched two-thirds of an inning. And the reason he's up for pitcher of the series because he pitched in both games. Will he be able to pitch tomorrow when we go to Seattle? I don't know. But uh, the Astros are 61-32. and 32. Seattle's 10 behind. Imagine that, buddy. 14 games in a row, and you lose a game to your the team you're behind. Now you're 10 behind. Yeah, it just it really speaks to how well the Astros are playing. I know we're incredibly spoiled, and like when they lost the series to the A's, it you know, just felt dirty. But, I mean, to come back and sweep the Yankees and then just to really kind of like, I feel like establish that that dominance, right? Like, I mean, there's there's been the last four or five years where, you know, the Yankees, Astros have butted heads and the Astros are coming out on top. But this year, the Yankees are having that, that special season where they're winning all these games. And this was kind of like a, a, you know, a reality check for them, I feel. They posted that, uh, I think it was nine games or 11 games against New York teams. And nobody had the lead except, I mean, the only, no one had the lead the whole game except those two walk-offs. So the Astros own New York, American League and National League. All right. Texas 18 behind. The Angels are 21 and a half behind. And Oakland won today. They beat Detroit, so they're only 29 behind. If they would have lost, we'd be 30 ahead of them. All right. So let's get to this. Who is your pitcher of the series? So I took part in the vote uh, on Twitter and uh, I voted for um, Montero too. I, I just, I mean, he, when you knew when you didn't have Presley, it was like, okay, who's going to close these games out and for him to come in and be able to do it in both games. It was just like huge. Well, Montero won the vote 39 to 38 over Belak, and Brandon Belak is my pick. To pitch three in the third inning, I, I think that's that's uh, courageous and a great job by Belak, because you know you're it's a doubleheader. We have a a small bullpen because we have a six man rotation. Good job, Brandon Belak, and he got second. So you know we agree with everybody. So who is your offensive player of the series? I mean, you could give it to everybody on that list. Everybody had a really good game. You really could. Know. It's hard, right? Yeah, I I love what JJ did. He had a really good two games, but it's got to be Jordan, man. He's just he's so he's so infectious. The lineup just gets so much better when he's in the lineup, and it's it's Jordan for me. Yeah, I wanted to give it to Bregman. I really did. I mean, it's to me, it's hard to give it to Jordan. He didn't play in game one, right? Well, he pinch hit in game one, and they walked him intentionally. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So he didn't start in game one. Uh man. It's hard for me. I, I'll just give it to Bregman. Not a bad Be- pick. Because he had uh, an RBI single in game one. He was the guy that scored when Matichevic had the walk-off. He had a home run and an RBI single. So I'll give it to Bregman. There you go. All right. So let's look at the series coming up. Dusty, this was his quote. He said, Okay, so coming up is Erkidi, JV, and Framber Valdez. This is what they said on the broadcast. I don't know what it says on uh, MLB.com, but Erkidi's pitching tomorrow. And Dusty said, we need some innings from Erkidi, and then we'll hand it over to the big boys, Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez. Pretty cool. 
Yeah, I worry about Urquidy because the Seattle Mariners have had his number and uh, they're going to Seattle. So I hope that's not a momentum thing. If, if he pitches well, then everything just lines up because you got Justin on, on huge rest. So he should be ready to go. And then Framber too. And uh, the way this offense is starting to look, I mean, once I get Brad, uh, Brantley back in the lineup, it's going to be fun. So Seattle's won 14 games in a row. They didn't play today. The Astros played a doubleheader against one of the best teams in baseball at home, and now they got to travel to Seattle after playing two games today, like I said, while Seattle sitting at home resting. Hmm. Advantage Seattle, and we got Arquiti, so it almost looks like a, a two-to-one series. I don't know if we can win all three of these with that that matchup. I don't know how long... Uh, how many days do they usually stay out when they have babies? That's why Presley's not here. I think it's like three days. So he should be back. I hope so. All right. I think that's it. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yeah, that's it. That's it, except for Farrah And And um, not that you guys want to hear about my trip all the time, but the Farrah Fowls are all about being on vacation. You ready for that? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, folks, we'll be right back with five all-new Fair Fouls vacation style. All right, we are back. Okay, here's number one. We went to a restaurant. I guess it's, you know, you're up there in New England, and it's not the same as here. But even if you go somewhere in Texas and you order a margarita and they only serve them on the rocks, Fair Foul restaurants that do not serve frozen margaritas. <laughs> I prefer mine on the, on the rocks, so I'm gonna say it's. Uh, would that be a foul then? If it's if it's if it's only on the rocks. No, you would say fair. Okay, okay, then it's fair. So I yeah, mean, but don't you think they should have that option? Well, like I said, for me, it doesn't bother me. I guess if it if you wanted a frozen margarita, then yeah, they should. So personally, for you, you could care less. So right 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 I'm, they're, they're they're accommodating me if i only like frozen margaritas then yeah i would say it was foul because we're walking so here's it here's what's funny so we're trying to figure out where to go on vacation we're like let's get let's escape the heat so we went all the way up to new england and it's like 95 degrees up there it was hot it was crazy i, I don't I, I don't think i think it was super hot up there in new york and and the heat like didn't it melt some wires and the people were out of electricity up there. It was crazy. It's hot everywhere, folks. All right. I say foul. And that's why I said it was hot. I mean, I want a frozen margarita. Give it to me. Other so places it, had it. Why didn't the place I went at it? <laughs> so was it humid or was it dry? It was dry and it was hot. Mm. It was very hot. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so we get on the plane, and and uh, I guess from Baltimore to uh, Providence, there wasn't very many people on the plane, so we had the whole row to ourselves. But on the way, you know, when the plane was full, I liked the aisle seat, but my wife likes the window seat. So fair or foul, the aisle seat is better than the window seat. Uh, for me, it's fair. I like to be able to get in and out and, you know, go to the restroom, have the leg room. I understand the window seat. You got, you know, especially if you're going somewhere you've never been where you want to see it take off and landing. 
But for me, it's always about the offseason. It's always about the leg room. When we flew from Providence to Baltimore, it's only a one-hour flight. But we sat behind the people that had the emergency row where they only had two seats. And I had all the leg room in the world. It was pretty awesome. But you heard my statement at the beginning of the question. I love aisle seats. I have some horrible claustrophobia and having that wall coming on the side of you and make it your, your ceiling is shorter. You're, you can't get out. You're at the will of other people to let you out, especially when you're on a long trip and you want to get up and stretch. You can't do it if you're not on the end. So I like, I like looking out the window, but I'd rather have that non-claustrophobic uh, freedom on the end. So I say aisle seats are better. All right. You're out of town, fair or foul, eating at a restaurant that you have in your hometown. Oh, I think that's foul. I think that's so foul. I feel like if you're going out of town, you're trying to experience like the local flavor. You're trying to experience like, you know, something you can't experience at home. And for you to go to like, you know, the same burger joint or the same, you know, pizza spot kind of defeats the purpose. I would say even if you are from Texas and you go anywhere in the world, you can't eat Mexican food. It's that's all you eat here. Yeah. But I, I say, I say, uh, I don't remember the question, but uh, fair. We ate, everywhere we ate, there's nowhere. That I've never been to any of them. They're all different. And if somebody visits us from out of town, we don't take them somewhere, you know, maybe for breakfast, that's fine. You know, Cracker Barrel or somewhere like that. But, for a dinner, you got to take them to a, a local place. Let them experience what's going on uh, locally. All right. So here's another vacation one. Selfie sticks. And the reason I bring this up is because the first day my wife forgot hers. And the second day she didn't. And we had some pretty good photos, pretty good selfies instead of me holding it up with my arm. I know it's different for guys. It's probably not a, it's probably not a, a macho thing to carry around a selfie stick, but I got to hear your, your point of view. Fair or foul selfie sticks. For me, it's a hundred percent foul. I'm a, I'm a horrible picture taker person. You know what I mean? Like I don't think to do it. I don't like plan the trips, you know, like to, to capture the moments. Like I was in the military for, you know, 12 years. I traveled all around the world. I literally went around the world and I have barely any pictures to show for it. So I'm the worst at it, and uh, I definitely wouldn't have a selfie stick to do it either. You know, that's something people do nowadays. They go somewhere, and it's all about the pictures. But what I try to do is like, okay, let's get here, take a picture, and then let's soak it in. Because a lot of – I'll tell you this. I went to to New York trying to get a good selfie with the Statue of Liberty, and by the time I got the lighting right, I turned around, and she was almost gone. Like I almost missed it trying to take a selfie. So enjoy it. Like, take it in. Don't worry about taking pictures, but I do take a lot of them. And uh, I personally would never carry a selfie stick being alone, but it, I think it's okay when you got a woman because you can say it's there. So I don't <laughs> think it's very masculine. I don't right? either. I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It's not very macho to have a selfie stick. All right. Number five. So we go to this. Could I could have did this one either way. So we, we have a really, really nice hotel. And it, it was like the uh, offices. It was like the office building 
of this huge factory. It used to be like the uh, Fruit of the Loom factory with the, you know, it has this, the pipe coming up and everything. Big old huge thing. And it's like the hotel is the offices. And then the other buildings, they turn them into apartments. And it's so cool. And it's right off the river. Very, very cool place. But they had a restaurant in the back. And I asked them, when do you get out? When, when do you open? And they said at five. And I go, what kind of draft beer do you have? And she said, we don't have draft beer. So luckily there was a, uh, I can't remember the name of it because everything's weird over there, but they had a lot of draft beer. So anyway, I, I was going to say long story short, but it wasn't long. It wasn't short. <laughs> Restaurants that do not have draft beer. That's foul. I'm saying foul. I mean, even if you don't like it, you got to, I mean, there's so many people that do like it, including myself, at least have that option for us. Yeah, it's really foul. Uh, I mean, it's something that, you know, you're always going to be able to serve draft beer, you know, to a large number of people. Uh, I just went to a new restaurant that just opened up right by where I'm at. It's called Lazy Dog. It's a chain and uh, they make their own beers there. And I was in there sampling like crazy because, you know, it's their own beer. It's a different, you know, it's something you got to try. Whereas if they didn't have that, then it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, I could have found something else to drink, but <laughs> they sold me because they had their own draft beer. So the place we went to is a brewing company and they have all the machines behind you and they make their own beer. And I tried one that said light, light, light. It had the word light in it like three times and I still can't do it. I still cannot do it. I got to have my girly uh, Michelob Ultra. <laughs> or I did, I'm telling you, dude, I cannot drink that hoppy, weedy beer. I can't do it. So they, I got a little beer. They had four ounce beer. So I go, I'll try this little one. And, I, and my wife had a watermelon something margarita and it wasn't frozen. And she said, this is really good. So I drank my little beer and then I got one of those and it was amazing. Very amazing. I am not. I'm not the kind of person that cares what other people think. Like if somebody came up and said, what are you doing drinking a margarita? Because that's what I want to drink. I'm cool. I don't care what you think. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. I feel like the guy that attacked you was from New York. I know, right? <laughs> well, I had to use an accent. But I'll tell you, dude, I mean, I, like, like I said about the trip, I've never, ever been anywhere that everyone had an accent. And it was so cool. I don't, I don't even want to do it because I can't even remember it now. But it's kind of like, have you went over to Newport in the harbor? Like, that's how they talk. Everybody there, the guys at the hotel, everybody. And it was awesome. Do you ever go on vacation? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm due to go to Vegas next month for a bowling tournament. Uh, I, I also have a. Whoa, cruise. whoa. A bowling tournament? Yeah. Are you yeah. in this bowling tournament? Or are Absolutely. you watching a bowling tournament? No, I'm in the tournament. You like that movie, The Big Lebowski? Uh, I kind of look like the Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like like in the face, like me and him resemble each other. But um, no, I mean, I, I, I bowled when I was in the military and I've bowled since. And now I'm pretty decent. So there's a tournament where it's like half military, half like civilian. Well, you have uh, to be good if you're going to drive all the way to Vegas. Well, I plan to fly. I mean, fly all the way to Vegas. Yeah. So you know what? 
I don't, I don't, I, I think like we're recording an episode and somebody on Twitter said, you know, when will it be out? And I'm, I'm saying right away, as soon as we get done, we don't edit it. So if you guys listen to this, it's, we record it, we hit stop. We, I don't go back and edit it. So you're pretty much hearing us live. So if we do good, give us a shout out. Yeah, I, I feel like we, we're, we are in demand and uh, you got to get it to them, especially when you tweet out that it's coming. Then they're like, where is it at? Yeah. All right. That's a, I mean, oh, wait, wait. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. Uh, I think it's really awesome that uh, the Astros were able to accomplish what they set out to accomplish today. I think it's amazing to think that, you know, they're only two and a half games behind the Yankees for the best record in baseball. And Lance McCullers has not thrown one pitch for this ball club. So when you put that into perspective, I mean, that's arguably their second or third best pitcher who has yet to do anything. And uh, he's starting a rehab assignment uh, tomorrow in San Antonio for the hooks. So uh, if you're not doing anything, you should find a way to get what I I tagged you in the tweet. I'll be there (laughs) without a doubt reporting live. I will be there. How did I not know that? It's probably because I was a Newport. You were on vacation. I was in Providence over there in Newport going to the harbor. He's supposed to pitch two innings. Are you and... kidding me? Okay, we're going. <laughs> we're going. You know, when he made his when he made his debut, they called him up. I've told the story on here before, but he went from the dugout as far as you can go in right field, all along the third ba- first baseline. And he signed the ticket. So I have a ticket stub from that day, and he signed the ticket stub. That's awesome. So that's all I remember. Because it was like, who's that dude? And I go, I read something that they just called some kid up to pitch. And that's who he was. I saw him his first day. He was an an Astro. So he'll always hold a place in my heart. So anyway, I'll be be at the missions game tomorrow if you're all looking for me. Uh, It was funny. He uh, got interviewed when he was, like, letting everybody know that he was going to pitch. And he's like, yeah, I pitched there one time before. Everybody says the mound sucks. And uh, it got a chuckle from all the reporters. So he's like, I'm going to go you know, experience that. But he was really excited to get back to competitive baseball. Hopefully everything you know, comes back positive. And he's in Sugarland in like a week from now. So I go check him out. Is he going to start? Uh, see, that I don't know. I just know he's going to pitch two innings. He said that that's the goal. Whatever that, uh, whatever that pitch count looks like, it'll be two wow. innings. Well, my daughter and my grandson are coming tomorrow, but I'm going to make that happen. Take my grandson to his first game. All right. All right. That's all we have, folks. We appreciate you uh, tuning in and uh, party like it's 1999 because the Astros own the Yankees. If you're like us, you hate the Yankees, you hate the Dodgers, and you hate the Rangers, but you love Astros baseball. And we'll see you next time, folks. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.